Hello, it's me, Wendy. I'm back, and I've been gone for two weeks. Well, I haven't been gone. Mentally, I've actually been doing okay, but I have not put out an episode because I was moving, and then I got here, and I had a full psychotic break for the first three days I was here. A lot of crying and sleeping, a combination of, I think, emotional detox and processing the last five and a half years in New York. That was very emo. And I, so it's a combination of that and really just letting myself, I was like, let me just feel these emotions. I just want to feel these emotions. It was a combination of that and for sure the fact that I do not have a drug dealer in the city yet. That's the other reason I was doing a lot of crying and sleeping. So it was, those two things combined on top of FedEx losing my packages, which we'll get to. I have not put out an episode for a couple weeks. Thank you guys for your nice emails and I'm not going to stop doing the pod because, I mean, I'm in St. Louis, baby. There's not a whole lot else to do except for talk to you. So you might be getting more episodes. If And if these fucking meditation books that I was reading from ever get here, again, we'll get to it because I kind of have a plan for the episode. I should introduce, what is the show? If you just, if you just tuned in, this is not, you had to purposely listen to this. This is, uh, the show is called I Love You, Please Stop, and Other Things I Say to Myself and My Cat. That's in tiny print. You guys, this is some real extra Wendy shit. It's the only way I can describe the way that I feel. Because I do not have a connect for any type of a stimulant, I cannot drink very much at all. Look, I don't think this is a big secret. I like to, I like to dabble, right? Well, when you have uppers, you can drink more, you can stay up later and do cool shit. When you don't have uppers, you can't do all those things. So I'm drinking less. The other thing for me, and I, this is something that makes, if you have a special brain, if you are touched with the gift of any type of anything on the bipolar spectrum that runs more manic, when I personally take stimulants, three to four times a week, even if it's just a little bit, even if it's like a little piece of an Adderall, a couple bumps of Coke, if it's a little bit of something like that, I stay pretty calm most of the time. I don't have these manic bursts of energy because I don't have any of those things. I am like very manic. I, it's good. I feel creative. It does. It feels like I'm on mushrooms. This is the feeling and I'm not, again, I'm not fully sober, but after a beer and a half, or I haven't even had, I bought a bottle of wine at the liquor store or like bodega, but this whole thing, yes, it's a good beer city. Yes, St. Louis is cool. I feel very chilled out. My preference, what I like to get fucked up on is fancy wine, fancy cheese, and illegal stimulants, okay? I can't get any of that here so far. I don't have a car, and the place is within walking distance of me. It's a beer, burger, pizza, pretzel kind of town, and that's great. That's fine. I'm going to save a fuckload of money because they don't have the things that I like to party with, and everything closes so goddamn early. I'm in a rush because I'm going to go meet a friend at some place, I don't know, in the Shaw District. Who fucking even knows? We're like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm not in New York. Which part of town are you in? Not Manhattan. That's the part of St. Louis I'm in. I am in not Manhattan. So find that on a map. Don't ask FedEx because they can't help you because they don't know how to get things to me, which again, we will get to later. I'm trying to be relaxed and have a format. How are you? I mean, I haven't talked to you guys in a couple weeks. How are you? You feel good? Great. Okay. I'm sitting in a windowsill. This apartment really is like if I, uh, it's as if I imagined it when I was 10. I'm like, I want to live 
up in an attic where I look outside and I see lots of trees and my mattress is on the floor and I have the kitty cat and they're just pillows and snacks everywhere. And all the snacks are in the freezer. Well, right now the only snacks we have are grape nuts. Huh, kitty? He loves it here. Sebastian is very happy. There's so much space for him to run around. I'm sitting in kind of like a cushioned windowsill thing. It's, I mean, I have a private stairwell. Before I bought a pot, a cooking utensil, I bought a giant tin butterfly to hang so that when you walk up, because I want my home to be an experience. Like, no one's even fucking coming in here, but I'm like, I'm saving so much money on rent, I'm going to spend $4,000 a month on lights and explosions. I want lots of different things happening. I want it to be, you know, like an experiential, a kind of an escape room. One of those things that, what are those things? It's not an escape room. What the fuck are those things? They do them in New York all the time. I know other places, but I went to the ones in New York City where you go and it's essentially, it's actually not cool unless you're high and you need to be on like mushrooms, mushrooms, acid. Let me have to have some of my Red Bull and see if that calms me down. Oh my God. And I did all my steps today and I had water. I haven't eaten very much. That could be another part of it. And I'm excited to be talking to you guys because I got to be honest, here's, well, I want to go back to what those, that's those fucking rooms where you go and in actual, the actual experience is kind of dumb, but you just take cool Instagram photos. It's like the 29 rooms, that shit. That's what I want my apartment to look like. And I'm getting there bit by bit. The stairwell is very steep and I'm for sure going to be murdered because the lock system is not up to par. There's actually in my lease, they said before you put any new locks on, you need a get it approved by the landlord, which was a landlord and his son. And I, I'm going to get a chain lock for one of the doors because I, I, I feel safe. I feel safe. But the reason that New York, I've always felt safer in New York, even walking around late at night and all the crime, but it's just because it's a more populated place. And I've lived in an apartment building where you could hear things through the wall. Now, when you're trying to do things like this, record a pod, huh? Talk to your buds on the internet, or fucking get railed, bro. Or if you're trying to sleep while your neighbors are trying to record a podcast or get railed, bro. Thin walls are not ideal because no one's having a good time and everyone can hear your business. Thin walls are ideal when you are getting murdered because people will hear you, okay? And hopefully either come to save you or call the cops, you know, or be like, oh, I heard her get murdered, and I also think she has a cat, so let me take care of her animal. They do something, New Yorkers fucking help New Yorkers. Here, it's very quiet, and you could get murdered very easily. I could get kidnapped in the alley smoking a cigarette very easily. Someone could break in here, uh, rape and murder me, and throw me down the stairs and make it look like an accident very easily. And if you are in St. Louis and you do feel like you want to come and murder me, if you could please rape me before I'm dead so I can have that, just one last nice experience on the planet. And if you could do it in this space where I have a lot of lights and I will have, <laughs> I want to do like kaleidoscope lights. Oh, I fully was just like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm moving here. I'm going to save money. Before, again, I just bought a pot. I went to Dollar General and I was like, you need to get something to cook food. You can't just eat celery all day and peanut butter out of the jar. You need to cook, at least boil some eggs. But uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a pot. And as soon as I buy a pot, that's responsible, which means I get to buy irresponsible things like a lot of colored light bulbs. I'm just going to walk around and just change light bulbs in my own apartment alone. That's 
How New York is such a cramped apartment. This is only 600 square feet, but I feel like I'm in a mansion. It took me 20 minutes. I set up to record and I was like, oh, wait, I need my hairbrush. It's in the other room. And again, I'm so glad you guys are here because uh, otherwise, what? I'm going to say that to my cat. Okay, so that's set. I'm here. Why was I crying? When I for and I'm gonna do an e- I feel like I'm just not really emo right now and also there's boy stuff the last episode I know ended abruptly and I know I came back on and said everything's fine in the end that by that I didn't mean everything's fine we are getting married I am with child because obviously I'm not living in a different country I'm in St Louis baby so what everything's not fine in that way I meant everything's fine in a way that I have made peace with whatever is. Whatever will be, will be. Is that the... It's not a rhyme, but... Oh, and now, Sebastian, please don't walk on the laptop, sweetheart. God damn it. I love you so much, and I just painted my nails, so I don't want to get on the... I reupholstered this couch that I'm sitting on. Is this a good podcast? Please, you should know you do other things while you listen to this. Okay. Kitty, I love you with all my heart, and thank you. And now he's sitting right where the laptop was. Great. All the space in the apartment, and he wants to be right by me. And when I want to pet him and visit him, he wants nothing to do with me. And the second that I'm doing something and ignoring him, he wants to be all in my business. And isn't that just like a man? Isn't that just like a goddamn man? They want nothing to do with you until you're done with them, and I'm fucking sick of it. And I want to talk about it, but later. And I'll get into an emo thing, because I did. I had this moment with my friends in New York before I left, and I cried, and I... I cried not because I was sad. Here, I will say this, because I'm probably not going to cry this episode just because I'm fucking jacked up and I'm going to put on jeans and high heels and I'm going to go to a wine bar and we'll see how that shakes down thus far. Not impressed with a wine and cheese selection. And I'm not, I don't even think that's snobby. That's just like having specific taste. Or maybe I am a Manhattan snob. Who knows? I, what I do is I wear scrunchies. My friend Kaylee, thank you, Kaylee, uh, if you're listening, got me these great scrunchies and headbands. And so what I do, because when I go out, I'll go to a bar and I'll ask for something like an Aperol spritz and everybody looks at me as if I'm not speaking English language. So to balance out any cuntiness that might accidentally slip out, I wear a scrunchie to be like, look, I'm one of you. I'm one. And I got cowboy boots with holes in the bottom. I got on a scrunchie. So Aperol spritz, pfft, I barely know her. And that doesn't make sense, but they don't know at St. Louis. They'll be like, oh, we get it. And, you know, and then we move on to the next where I'm not getting shot because people are encouraged to bring weapons into buildings. There's a sign outside of the gas station right on my street that says masks required. And then underneath it is another sign that says uh, essentially guns encouraged. They're like, we just want to let you guys know uh, we're, we're for conceal and carry. It's like, Jesus Christ, to Go get a Snapple and a Slim Jim. I got to be packing. It's wild here. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, so I'm probably not going to cry because I am excited to go and have a glass of wine. I'm going again. I'm leaving my neighborhood. I looked at the menu. It looks like they have a decent selection. They've got a Chenin Blanc. I like a Flinty White, okay? For those of you that are not in the know, Flinty White is fancy. A fancy way to say, this wine smells like a dang ashtray. That's what, it smells ashy, but the word is flinty in case, you know. But shout out um, Flint, Michigan. We need to clean their water. Is that a good, I have this whole country, I don't even, the sun looks nice here. I, the picture's in California, my family's there. How are we even doing anything, honestly? How are we getting up and doing anything? And I know 
you get up and you, you go to work and you do your thing and we have a routine and I get it. But is everyone else just feeling like, what's the fucking point? I mean, multiple times throughout the day. Thank God exercise is my anchor habit and I need to really, I might start doing maybe like two of these a week shorter episodes just to have some kind of, uh, and I know it sounds silly, but like a connection with you guys. Cause even though we're not talking in my room, I, you guys respond to me and it's just, it sounds dumb, but I, it's one of the few ways that I'm having a regular connection with people. And uh, it's just so important to have some kind of a routine, but it just, it feels like it keeps getting gnarlier and I hate to use the word, but worse and scarier. And I mean, God, and I'm, and I'm supposed to riff on AM radio with some about the city of St. Louis. That's what I do last night at 9 p.m. From 9 to 10 p.m. I went on AM radio and thank you to my buddy Yale for hooking this up. But what an interesting experience. If it was the 80s, this would have been you know, uh, crushingly um, like kind of like a way to really fucking bang open the door of a new city. That's right. I'm doing the radio show, the Friday night, nine o'clock funny hour or whatever. But I did feel badly because the guy said we get on and I'm like, okay. And first of all, at nine o'clock, I'm going to sleep at nine o'clock because this city shuts down early. And again, I cannot stress this enough. I do not have a connect for stimulants. If you are in or around the St. Louis area and you can help me out, please Hit me up in the DMs. If you're a police officer, you've already know this. I'm joking. It's a joke. This podcast is in the personal journal section so that I don't feel pressure to make jokes, but I have in the past made jokes and done funny things as part of a job. Okay? So, again, 9 o'clock. It's fu- I tried to take a nap. I took a nap. I woke up. I slammed a sugar-free Red Bull, and we start chatting. It was just... It was. It's interesting. I was trying to be upbeat. And he goes, so you're a comedian. You, so what, what do you want to plug? And I just was quiet. I'm like, no, fucking nothing. The fact that nothing. There are no shows. There's a pandemic. And not to sound like an asshole again, St. Louis is great. And I'm excited. It's it, already, it truly, it is a nice place to chill. And I think it's important to take a break. I've been busting my ass for the last five and a half years in New York. And it's nice to just detox and get away from the energy and recharge and reset my goals because the world has changed. It's different. So now what are my goals? And the things that I thought I wanted with the documentary was stand-up, but I still would like to do stand-up comedy in some respect and start doing shows and be doing Zoom shows. I just, it truly is one of those things, but it's like anything in life. And this is not just for comics. This is the pandemic has done this for everyone. And even before COVID, the shit was something that we all have to go through where you make a decision in life and you're like, this is the thing I want to do and I'm going to dedicate my whole life to this, whether it's a career or relationship or what the fuck ever. You're like, this is my thing. Even You could be vegan and you're like, this is my thing. And then one day you wake up and you're like, I feel like I want to have a hamburger. And you, you have to make a choice. Do you admit, oh, and it's not even about being wrong. You're just like, I'm just changing. My life is different. Things are changing. I'm a different person now. That's what happens. People change. You get new, you have new experiences. You have new information. And then if you are a person that's open to evolving, you change and you want different things in life. And so then it's a matter of admitting that to yourself and saying, okay, do I out of pride and stubbornness say, well, this is the thing I said I wanted to do when I was 17 and I'm 40 and it's different now. And I am not 40. I am how old? A 38. Sorry, Hollywood. But I do like to round up. It just makes me feel better. You know, you got to practice. I start early. 
And again, like I was saying, what am I, 45, 46? Who knows? The point is when shit changes in the world, in your personal life, the way that you're feeling about things, you pay attention to those signs and what you want and be open to change and say, it's okay that I, you dedicated however much of your life, whether it was a half hour or 30 years, okay, 30 minutes or 30 years, however much time you dedicated to anything, when circumstances change to the point that you are unhappy or it's not working and you're trying as hard as you can and it's just you're hitting block after block after block and you're doing the best that you can, sometimes you have to know when to walk away and reset. Like, okay, well, shit, that's not working. So let's try something else. What's the move now? And that's okay. And the problem is, and we see this with COVID, you see a lot of people in denial about the way the world is changing and the way things are evolving. And so they're doing the same thing they were doing 10, 15 years ago. And baby, that's not, that's not how it works. You have to improvise, adapt, pivot, and other things you will hear on Shark Tank, which I haven't heard because I don't have a TV. And oh boy, God, do I miss it. So I'm just, I'm just constantly, that's, I, I say pivot as much as I possibly can. I say pin it, pin it, pin it. That's right. Put a pin in it and we'll circle back. Other businessy things. I got distracted. I heard Sebastian, the echo of Sebastian kicking his litter box around. He really kicks that sand all, it's like a beach from the bathroom to the kitchen. That's right. Not, and it doesn't make it to the living room. I got three rooms now, you guys, three rooms. What the fuck was I talking about? Oh, Yes pivoting and putting a pin in it. I would really just reassessing what you want to do in life and admitting to yourself, okay, this is a thing that I wanted and great. Again, it's the same as the the same idea as all this negative self-talk and shit that we say to ourselves where it's like, oh, well, I'm just I'm just unlovable and that's just the way things are. Life is just hard and people are just going to leave me anyway or I'm not good enough and no one wants me and I'm too dumb to do this and what's the point anyway? Those same ideas that we believe to be true, that's this. We thought of that shit at the same time that it was caused by some trauma or something, it was triggered by something that, again, was the same time that we believed in Santa or Jesus. You know, so all these ideas that we had, it's like when we were little, like, I'm gonna be a spaceship cowboy veterinarian. That's gonna be my job. And then as you go older, you're like, well, that's maybe not possible, you know? And so now in, in Trump's America, instead of being a cowboy, astronaut, veterinarian, you have to join the Space Force, which is like, oh, God, boring. Can you even bring animals into space yet? We don't know. And not a monkey, like a cute animal, like a kitty cat. Uh Uh-oh. And speaking of kitty cats, please don't walk on this laptop. He'll walk right across the buttons. There you go. Get up here. He's such an... I picked the laptop up because he wanted to walk on it. And as soon as I picked it up, he looked at me like, no, I'm not interested. I want to walk all over your stuff. Kitty, you're being too handsome to your mom. And he's looking out for birds. Oh, God. Being a single mother is really hard. A single working mother, it's like I have to tell a cat he's handsome and talk to you guys about pivoting. Can you imagine? Oh, God. I mean, the fact that if you got out of bed today and did one thing, congratulations, good for you. Truly. The fact that if you get up and you do one thing towards some kind of a goal, even if that one thing is truly just to get out of bed and brush your teeth and drink two liters of water a day, then pat yourself on the back. You did a great job. And then, you know, add a new activity like stretching tomorrow. 
Oh, man. What was I? Oh, this fucking interview last night. So we did this radio show. And again, it was just such a strange thing because he's like, so comedy. And I had to try to find a funny way. But I, it was, I found it to be very kind of depressing because I was trying to be cute and like, oh, I don't know if you know, there's a global pandemic and like stand up comedy like doesn't even really exist. It kind of does. And like it's kind of coming back. But pretty much we have to do it either in a field or just like on the internet in our closets. So we don't bother the neighbors. It's pretty fun. Do I have any? And he was like, we're talking about comedy. He's like, so how's it going? So New York. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm doing this interview from my new apartment in St. Louis. So things are going not well for me. I don't like, what's the, I didn't know what to say. I'd be like, yeah, things are, things are going so great in New York. It's going so great that I moved to St. Louis. So I could talk to you sitting in the, no, this is actually a cute apartment. I cannot even talk shit on this apartment. It's very cute. And it's got exposed brick. So I can do, I mean, I did a Zoom show and it looked like I was almost in a comedy club. It looked like I was being held hostage in the basement of a comedy club, but still. And the walls are green, green room. You guys, it's, that's the reason I got this apartment. It was for that one little backdrop. So I better fucking use it. Oh my God. But yeah, I just saw this interview. It was, he's a very nice person. Um, and I mentioned that I need, needed to put together my bed frame. And he was like, oh, I could help you with that. And then he looked pictures of me like looked me up on the internet and he was like, oh, these pictures are like very nice images. And I'm like, what is it? What do you see? He's like, it looks like someone I'd like to help put together a bed frame. And I was like, this guy is trying to fuck and I'm into it because <laughs> I do need help putting together my bed frame. I truly do. It was just wild. Yeah. He's like, do you have any upcoming gigs? I was like, For, no, what? No. Are you, this is a real, is this real? Am I being punked? I'm on AM radio. And he's like, so where can we catch you? And I'm like, I don't know. In the dodging bullets in the gas station, antique shopping, where I did get a mirror and I pray it's haunted just for, you know, some extra company. I don't know. Walking through the park, you can climb up the, the fire escape and watch me talk in front of an exposed brick wall. I don't know. There's nothing happening. In this podcast, I'm like, I guess you could listen to me talk to myself. It's not talking to myself, it's talking to you guys, but God... You just have good days, and then other days where you're like, what's the point? What's the point? And I'm, it's, it's a good and bad thing, because in New York, the energy of the hustle and the grind, that energy got me to this place where I was like, I got to be producing. But my apartment was so cramped. It really is, you just, God, you, it's, our decision-making is truly weighing pros and cons, and you say, okay, oh, what's the ultimate goal? What's the ultimate goal? Because it's like, yes, there are lots of little things that you want and you need and that you'll miss. If, I, ideally, I would have this apartment and this view of trees, and I would have this cost of rent, and I would be, but I would be on the Upper East Side, where I could have that energy and that vibe and walk out and, and the hustle and bustle of the streets because New York is really a fun place to be right now. And I, you know, was talking a lot of shit, but that's because I was, um, that's because I knew I had to leave it. And so I was painting it in a bad light, but outdoor dining is actually not that terrible. And New York is a fun place to be right now. It is. It's just too fucking expensive. And, you know, but you guys know we've gone through a breakup where you know you have to leave. And so you just start like, like in your mind, you're like, okay, I know it's best for me to leave this person or situation. And so you just have to really psych yourself up and be like, and they fucking breathe weird. Yeah, you know, whatever. 
That's with New York because I knew I had to just psych myself to be like, you need to leave. I knew it was the best thing for me. It was very difficult to leave and I cried a lot because I did have um, a lot of really great experiences there and the people that I met and the biggest thing for me, oh, look, I was telling a joke earlier or a lie. Maybe I lied. Who knows? I didn't think I was going to cry. My experience in New York... And even though I'm in St. Louis, I don't feel, I truly don't think of it as like, well, I failed. That's not how I feel. My experience in New York is one of those things. In life, a lot of times we're afraid to try things. You're afraid to take a leap because you think you're going to fail. And it, life seems really scary. And I know that it, that's how it seems to a lot of people. And even though I tend to be someone that's just like, fuck it, let's go. Let's just try, just jump and see where we land. I am grateful that I have that attitude because moving to New York was, it was scary, but the difference is, and I'm trying to take the same attitude with moving here and even something silly like recording this podcast, I get so much anxiety to do anything because it's like, who cares? Nobody cares. And I think a lot of people feel that way. You know, that's not unique to me. And I know a lot of friends and people that don't create art. They don't go out on dates. They don't start a business. They don't do a lot of things. Even if something simple, like uh, trying to like, if people, someone's like, well, I want to lose weight and I want to look good and feel good about myself. You start and then have with you, you're like, well, who fucking cares? What does it, what does it matter? It's not like I'm on TV. So if I lose weight, it doesn't matter. I'm alone in this apartment. Now with COVID, it's like, what's the fucking point of doing anything? And I get it. Um, but I, I can tell you from a personal experience, even though it seems it's, it seems scary and it's really difficult to get over that hurdle of fear. And I've been reading in this daily meditation book, there are two different types of fear. And and I would have the exact wording for you if fucking FedEx wasn't hoarding my shit in a warehouse 10 miles from here, which we will get to. Uh, there are two different types of fear. One, there's a real fear and that keeps you safe, right? So that's someone runs up behind you and says, I have a gun and I'm going to shoot you. And your body goes, no, and you are afraid. That's rational and helpful fear. The other fear is irrational fear. And that's, you have the same sensation of someone running up with a gun saying, I'm going to shoot you right now, but there's nobody, you're, there's nobody with a gun. There's nobody, there's no gun. And you're just sitting in your car, your apartment, or your bathroom, or laying in bed, anticipating future scenarios. <laughs> and having the same physical reaction as if someone's chasing you down with a fucking weapon. So that's an irrational fear, and that's most of what we have, and I have that a lot. And with going out and doing stand-up, that was a way to kind of quickly alleviate it, and you're out with other people. And I know, again, it's not just stand-up, but that's my personal experience that I can pull from. It's all of us. We used to be able to go out and congregate and be around people, and that, for me at least, people with the, the anxiety, almost like mild agoraphobia, where you're like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And then once you get there, you're like, oh, it's fine. And once you go places and you do things, you're like, oh, everyone else also probably had a full-blown panic attack before they left, they left their house. That's what I love about doing stand-up, is I can talk about things on stage, my weird shit, and other comics, other people do this too, where I think, I've got to be only one. And then other people laugh and respond, and it's like, oh, that makes me feel less crazy. And that's even like with doing this podcast when we're sharing experiences, hopefully some of this is helpful to you so you don't feel 
Like you're the only person who's losing your fucking mind. Not even just not, a, well, I lost my train of thought doing a podcast by myself in an apartment, LOL. No, no, no. We're lo- losing our minds and our sense of sanity and sense of security. And it's just like, you know, be thankful if you have a job and a routine and you're able to stick to that because it gives you some semblance of normalcy because we're going to get through this. You know, again, pandemics, this is a normal thing. We're going to get through it. It's just extra gnarly because the person in charge of the United States is a lunatic and an autocrat, and it's truly scary right now. Like, it's, a, it's an actual real scary time. It's interesting because some people, they're able to, to put things in perspective very efficiently and say, well, it's a real scary time, so I no longer have fear of failure success, and I'm just going to go out and, well, start a business. I mean, in a, whatever. I mean, at this point, what business are we starting? A podcast or an OnlyFans? You know? So I'm going to start an OnlyPod, and I'm going to start working on a book, and I'm going to... I was going to say, I'm going to tell the person I love, I love them, but you can't really see people in person. It's like, I'm going to send that DM. So we've, once you say it out loud, it's like, it's actually nothing really scary. We're doing most things virtually, so it's like, even this podcast, I can put it out, and nobody can listen to it, and it doesn't... Okay, great. It doesn't matter. Two people can listen to it. Great. We just need to get the fuck over ourselves. We got to get over ourselves, okay? And I have to do it. It's difficult. It's such a strange thing because that fear where you're like, I'm dumb. Nobody cares. I'm not going to do anything. And we just beat yourself up. Part of the trick your brain does is you think like, oh, that's because I I think I'm a piece of crap. And it's like, oh, actually, that's super narcissistic because you think you're so fucking cool that if I were to put out an episode of a podcast that wasn't perfect, like... (laughs) I would be canceled. I would be canceled. It's like, okay, first of all, nobody is listening. You know, that's always, that's a fun reminder for me is whenever I'd go to parties or do things out and I would get nervous, like everyone's going to be looking at me and my hair looks weird. I would always remind myself, it's like, nobody gives a shit. And not in a shitty way, not like, no one gives a shit about you. It's like, no, truly, like, it does not matter. And people are more, people are concerned about their bangs looking weird. They're not even looking at your bangs, you know? So, again, live your life and don't worry about your fucking bangs. And, and pivot. <laughs> pivot and stop thinking about your bangs. Oh, God. What was I? T- this is actually a much more relaxing apartment. It is. I will say, oh, this is what I was going to say, encouraging you to make some kind of a change. And, again, I know we're limited in a lot of ways because, because of COVID, but having actually moved here, and, like, it's a nice place for me to reflect on the last five years in New York because it really was a ballsy move. And um, the reason that I got so emotional, and I'm looking at my cat and I'm getting emotional, is because I'm really proud of myself. And I think it's important to look back on your accomplishments, no matter how big or how small, anytime you overcame some kind of a fear or you followed through on something, Again, big or small, like even for me now, I, if I do 20 squats in a day, I'm like, good job. It's what I used to tell my clients when I was a trainer. It's like, you know, every day you're not doing a triathlon. Some days you're depressed and it's just do a little bit, just do a little something. And it's important to reflect on the things that you did right instead of thinking about all the things you did wrong or all the shit you never did or the things you should have done. That's not helpful. It is so much more helpful to really reflect on like, hey, you know what? I'm not perfect. And yeah, it would have been nice if things worked out differently, but they didn't. And be proud of yourself. You're like that you did the best with what you were given and that you're true to yourself. And and 
And also, like, and treat yourself in a way where you're not, like, hurting other people. You know what I mean? If you're, like, because it's such a, a fine line because this whole thing, this even the self-help book where it's, like, you are perfect. It's, like, well, maybe Ted Bunny shouldn't be reading this. You know what I mean? Like, John Wayne Gacy. So there's a line if you're, like, oh, I don't, if you're, like, a pedophile or, you know, a serial killer, I don't want you to be, like, man, you know, Wendy's right. I, I did a great job. I fucked all those kids, I murdered all those people, and I hid the bodies. Nobody, nobody found out. And I've been really stressed out thinking that the cops are going to show up. But you know what? Wendy's right. I, instead of being stressed out about thinking about, you know, how I shouldn't have killed all those people and fucked all those kids, I'm going to think, hey, you know what? You felt in your heart that you wanted to kill those people and fuck those kids, so good for you. And t- that's, I'm not talking about you, you're a bad guy, and please stop doing bad guy activities and listen to the last episode. Uh, if you're thinking about murdering people or fucking kids, only do nice activities. That is not a nice activity. That is mean to other people, okay? So don't do bad guy activities. And that's also to my cat who's looking at this laptop like he wants to come lay on it. Um, but I, I really do. I, I'm pr- proud of myself for having gone to New York and everything that I did there. And it's interesting when you're in it, and it's like a pressure cooker, I had so much anxiety the last year that I was there, just thinking I wasn't doing enough, I wasn't good enough, I wasn't successful enough, I wasn't making enough money, I wasn't young enough for the industry, I, you know, just everything. And what I realized, and if anything, this is one of the, I think one of the biggest benefits of leaving the city is to be able to take time and reflect on how great it was. And this sounds really dumb, but I feel very lucky as someone who spends a lot of their time just um, telling myself that like nobody wants me around and that I'm not good enough and I'm too weird and nobody really likes me and they're just being nice and uh, like only feeling comfortable in a social setting if I'm either working in in some capacity. So whether I'm working as a server or in a grocery store or entertaining people on stage, I feel like that's when people want me around. And that's why I get so anxious even recording this podcast because I'm like, I don't have feedback of you guys looking at me in the face. So it's just like, oh, nobody probably likes this. I should stop. As somebody who's always had a really difficult time accepting love, when I was leaving my last week in New York and seeing my friends and different people, and I'm including in this, I'm including the men that I met on, on Seeking Arrangements. When I told some people I was leaving, people I hadn't seen in a while, um, they were very sad. And so I had some nice exchanges with people. And um, even just my friends, and I feel very lucky to have so much love in my life. And I'm including you guys in that. The message people reaching out, you know, a couple of you messaged me and they're like, hey, are you not releasing a podcast this week? And I know podcast is essentially like a punchline now in the industry and in life, but it really means a lot. And I know it sounds dumb, but I care about you guys too. Like I really do. It's really nice to have some kind of a connection. You know, it feels like in school where it was like the weird kids. That's what this feels like. Um, I'm not calling you weird. I'm saying I'm weird. And you are just nice enough to not make fun of me for being a weirdo. Oh, God. Emotional. Look at that. See, I did cry. 
Was anyone else, I mean, right? Was anyone else surprised? Yeah, it's like, okay, newsflash. <laughs> Bitch, you cry all the time, every episode. That's kind of your thing. Oh, God bless. That was good and cathartic. Thank you for letting me cry. And I think it's nice. See? You're allowed to cry. And here's the thing. With crying, people get very tight with crying. Where they're like, oh, don't cry. Don't be. And that's the part of the thing with the guy that I'm not. Whatever with him. I want to talk about it in a different episode. That was one of the big points of contention. I choose to freely express my emotions. I think it is nice. If I'm hyper and happy, I'm hyper and happy. If I'm sad, boom. And not even sad. Because that... Those tears that I just cried and the tears that I cried the first few days that I was here when I was um, just reading emails and messages from people in cars, I'm going to cry again. Um, It wasn't because I'm sad because I thought, like, I don't feel sad. That's not what it is. A lot of times people, what you know, crying, they're just like, oh, you're being sad and you're being emotional. No, no, no. What, like, go deeper. What's the emotion I thought? Oh, this, these are like happy tears. I'm overwhelmed with. Uh, just to love and the amount of love that I have in my life. And I'm happy that I was able to recognize it while it was happening over the last few years. And it pros and cons, you know what I mean? You can build up a wall and be this hard person that's like, people are going to leave anyway, and that's life, and so I'm never going to be open to anyone again. Rah! And I did that for a while, and it was not fun. And even though crying seems not fun, when it's crying tears of joy, it is, that is a fun cry. And that's why I adopted this little kitty cat. I've talked about it before. I adopted him because my first cat, when I was a little kid, when he died, that was the, the saddest thing in my whole life. And putting down an animal is just really hard. I remember that was so sad that I thought I'm never going to have another pet again. I won't do it because it's too hard to watch them go. And fast forward years later, around the same time that I signed up for the Sugar Daddy website, I'm in New York and I really thought, I thought, you know what? I'm adult enough. I don't want to live this closed off life. I haven't had any fulfilling relationships because I'm so closed off. I'm attracting people that aren't, not healthy for me. That's what you do when you're a closed off, shut down person, especially emotionally. And that's kind of what I think is happening with this guy that I, you know, I'm still in love with, but I just think maybe he's not in a place to receive love and that's okay. Cause I've been there. You can't force that on somebody, but you have to be careful because the law of attraction is a very real thing. And so when I was closed off and had this idea of in my head of just like, I'm miserable and nobody wants me and I'm a piece of shit and people are going to leave anyway. So what's the fucking point? And life is miserable. I attracted people that were abusive to me and I attracted people that confirmed that reality. And I did not experience a lot of love because I wasn't letting it in. I wasn't giving and receiving. I, I wasn't letting that happen, letting that energy flow because I was so afraid. Again, it's this irrational fear. I was sitting, and the same reason that people don't do things like sell all their shit and move to a new city to pursue a dream. It's this fear of, but what if it ends? But what if I fail? What if it doesn't go the way that I plan to, you know, like, and so when you are like paralyzed by that fear of all the terrible things that could happen, again, it's the same as like focusing on all the shitty things about New York 
and a relationship, you know, with whatever you focus on, that's what you get more of. So if you're constantly stressing out about all the terrible things that could happen, those things will happen and, or they won't because you will freak yourself out so much that you won't move ahead into the future. But if you're constantly like, well, I'm waiting for the bad thing to happen, like that's what's going to happen. Conversely, if you say, okay, well, and obviously it's good to make plain you that these are the, bad, the possible like outcomes that could be negative. But conversely, if you think, yeah, but what if all this other cool shit happens and you start to imagine cool shit that could happen? And I'm telling you from personal experience because this is how my life has worked out. If you focus on all the cool shit that could happen while being smart and responsible, obviously, the cool shit does happen. And I have friends in my life, close friends, that have very different life views. I have one friend that has a, focuses on all the negative shit, and, it, and um, his life gets like increasingly worse. So this friend that's very negative, his things, he, he's always just like, everything is just shitty and life is shitty. It's like his life is not fun, and he's miserable. And I've got another friend who is, I mean, she is super positive and I miss her desperately. Um, but it's good as we still talk. It's so dumb because even during COVID, we, we didn't see each other that much. But it just was like, man, I'm lucky to have good friends. But she's such a positive person. And that's why I love being around people like her because things just work out. Because and she and I talk about this. We're like, why... Why not focus on the good things and try to have hap- good things happen and try to like work towards some kind of positive change, you know? And again, that's not to be crazy and just take drugs and be like, everything's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, because that's not good. But you have to release the emotion and feel it. And again, crying is not always bad, you know? It's, it's such a weird, it's just such a strange thing. And it, But again, with the cat, I got Sebastian because I remember... A few years ago, I thought as an adult, I was like, I need to change the way I'm living. I'm too closed off emotionally and I'm attracting these people that are treating me like shit and I'm just attracting negativity in my life because I have this terrible attitude. And so I thought, let me try a little thought experiment. I'm going to get an animal and the point is to love selflessly. And I've probably talked about this on the show before, but the point when I got Sebastian, I was like, I need to practice loving something selflessly. I'm going to love him knowing that, sadly, he cannot speak English, so he does not understand when I ask him to please get off of the dishes. (laughs) He lays on the dishes. But he's an animal, and so he does reciprocate love, but it's just not, you know, it's obviously not the same, and he scratches my eyes at night. Not as much now that we're in a bigger apartment, which is very nice. But, like, I'm going to watch him die. And I know that. When I adopted him, I thought, I'm going to love this thing with everything that I have, knowing that I'm going to watch him die. And that's a selfless thing to do because the selfish thing to do, and the same with a relationship, is to say, oh man, I'm going to have to watch that cat die. Or this relationship is probably going to end at some point and that's going to be painful for me. So let's just not start it. And so what? So Sebastian's going to live in some weird cage in a pet go <laughs> because I'm too selfish because I don't want to be sad. So he does, you know, so he doesn't get to have a good life because I don't want to be sad in five or six years. You know what I mean? Like that's selfish. And we do that to ourselves in all different aspects of our life, whether it's relationships or, and again, I use, you know, pursuing your dreams, moving to a new city, 
whether it's, and I know it, things like even something like sexuality, people are in denial about what their, their sexuality is, who they're attracted to, what they're into. Like people deny that and you're just denying yourself happiness. And it's be, it, for all these different reasons, it's fear of, well, what if this doesn't work out? Or what if I'm ostracized by people? You know, and I know things even like with getting healthy or getting sober or different things, you know, it's like, okay, so I get sober. Okay. So I lose weight. Okay. So I get rid of my neuroses and I try to live a more open free life. Okay. So then fucking what's the point? I'm going to die anyway. And I get it. But also I will tell you from experiencing all like parts of the spectrum, life is more fun when you experience it with all of your feelings and emotions wide open. Now, again, because I am not on drugs and I'm not able to drink very much, I'm in like full, full, full force, which is, again, I just, it's a little extra sparkly where it does feel like the first time I took mushrooms, I remember being like, oh, this is just how I felt in high school, which is, <laughs> I mean, good for me, bad for anyone that has to interact with me. Um, or listen to a podcast where I'm talking for forever. Jesus, Louisus. Um, but yeah, so that's that. What was I even talking about? Who knows? Loving selflessly with, and without abandon. It really is. And can I tell you again, you don't, if you don't believe me, you cannot believe me, but I'm telling you, you guys, listen, I'm old. I'm smart. I've done a lot of shit. I've done a lot of cool shit. Okay. When you live with an open heart and are honest and you're like, you know what? fucking you this might hurt me this might hurt I might fall I might fail but I'm gonna try it and just go for it it's just a more fulfilling life it's just more fulfilling honestly I'm just on it I whatever with but like on a spiritual and even a cellular level you just feel more alive because you're in it you're fucking doing it and to be able to conquer and overcome fear it really is it's a high you know, even the sounds dumb, but that's why part of why I'm so jacked up even recording this podcast because I get so anxious. I recorded a few a few episodes a couple days ago and I'm like, this is shit, this is shit. And it's like, you know what? It's a podcast. They're all shitty. And you're not, it's not even in the comedy section. It's a journal section. And guess what journals are? Rambling. Journals are rambling and then a lot of just like, you know, Mrs. Timberlake. That's all journals are. Rambling and Mrs. Timberlake or Mrs. DiCaprio. Okay, so fucking whatever. Just do it. And if it sucks or whatever the first time, then you do it again and you try to do a better job the next time with whatever it is. I don't know. Is that helpful? Who knows? I need to talk about FedEx because I'm a real piss. And I got, I've alluded to it. And I know but you're probably not listening to the episode anymore. And that's okay. FedEx. Again, I'll be more focused once I have all my journals and notebooks and my meditation book. FedEx, right now the only thing I have are tarot cards and tea bags. And so I got opened it up and it was like um, the heretic. And then the tea bag said something about releasing flowers because it's a laxative tea. And I felt like those were not helpful. So whatever. Okay. FedEx. Now this now I do now I do have a fear of getting this FedEx package. And this is a this is a rational fear because I mailed myself, I sent three shipments of things from New York here. Okay. And I sent those packages. They've the first two packages are here. They got here Friday and then Saturday. So uh, you don't know what that time is. Time is irrelevant. It got a week ago. Okay, a week ago from the I I sent the packages four days after I sent them from New York. The first two were at my new apartment in St. Louis. Okay, the third package was sent the same day 
as the others, so it should have been here by Saturday, all right? It should have been here a fucking week ago. I finally, I call FedEx, and I'm like, hey, does anyone remember where this, and it's one with my air purifier and a bunch of my shit, and it's got, like, dirty, it's got laundry in it, and I'll tell you why, and it's not because I'm a gross asshole. A little bit I am. And it's not because I'm trying to make a lot of money on Craigslist. Like, I know what I'll do. I'm going to throw all my panty. I'm going to fucking piss on all my underwear, put them in an Ikea bag so they're, it's airtight, but like a little bit of air, just a little, that, that fermentation, get that, get that sweet tang, you know, like, like, like that sweet tang, that IPA kind of a hit to the panties. So I, that's not why they're in there. They're in there because I have free laundry at my new place. And when I was moving, I was going to clean my clothes at the building. And I'm like, I'm not going to spend $50 washing these clothes. I'll just send them myself. And in four days, I can do laundry for free. It's fucking genius. And any person with a half a brain would do it. And again, I moved here because I don't have any goddamn money. Okay? I'm broke. So I sent that stuff in the air purifier. And again, my books and a lot of things that I really like, I put in that box. And it cost $350 to ship because it was a heavy box. There's a lot of stuff in there. Now, I did not pack this box myself. I went into FedEx with a bunch of shit, and I said, I need to send this from this place here in New York to this address in St. Louis. And they said, let us do the rest for you. And they packed this box. And apparently, it's so heavy that the good people of the uh, St. Louis FedEx can't get it to me. They cannot get it to me. I called and I said, hi, I'm looking for this package. Here's a tracking number. And the woman said, oh, yeah, it's at the warehouse. Let me transfer you. So she transferred me to the warehouse. And I said, hi, this was um, yesterday. So I'm recording. It doesn't matter. It happened a day before I recorded this. <laughs> it happened at a point in time where the package should have been at the apartment is all you need to know. So the woman... Uh, at the warehouse picks up, and I'm like, hey, what's, um, hi, I heard you have a package. She goes, yeah, we have it here. I said, great, where are you? She said, um, we're about 10 miles from the residence where it needs to be dropped off. I said, great, so are you going to bring it by today? And she goes, yeah, we're good. It's really heavy. I said, excuse me? She said, yeah, it's really heavy. It's like almost 100 pounds. I'm like, yeah, okay, great. I Yes, there's an air purifier and a bunch of you know, piss-filled underwear. Yeah, it's a heavy bag. It's laundry that's at this point half liquid. It's been fermenting in itself for a week and a half now. So yeah, it's probably heavy. So what? I don't know what to tell you. Don't have somebody hand deliver it here. Maybe don't send it on a bike courier. It's heavy, so I don't know. Put it in a fucking truck because that's literally your job is to, you're a shipping company. That's what you are. This is not a favor from a buddy. You know, it was like, so normally I've just been making homemade mess and hand sanitizer, but my friend asked me to ship a hundred pound box of her shit. And so I guess I got to figure out a way to do this thing. That's not what happened. It's literally their job. And I hate that I have to use the word literally because it's annoying. People misuse it. I, it does sound like some chicks that think, um, that's okay. Literally, that is like literally your job. That's. La chala da da ya la ya ya. That's what it sounds like. I feel like I'm saying, but I there's no other way to express to this woman on the phone when she's complaining. She gets, it's really, but it's like a heavy package. It's like okay, great, deliver it because that's literally ya ya. That's literally your job. Fucking do it. And I'm trying to be calm and zen and shit. And I'm in St. Louis. And I got cicadas and trees. And again. 
I got no uppers. So anytime I get into a rage, I'm like halfway into a fucking nap. And I said, okay, yeah, no, it's heavy. There's a lot of stuff in there. So what, what I don't understand. So, okay, great. So bring it. What am I supposed to say? And she said, yeah, I mean, I just don't know how we're going to get it there. And it's really hard because, like, you're upstairs. And I said, yeah, I, I told her, I said, well, no. I explained to her, I said, there's a lot of shit in the bigger box. So if you bring it here, I can meet you out front and I'll just sign for the package. Because that's the other she's like, and also says it requires a signature. I'm like, yeah, because it's a heavy box with a lot of shit in it. So, yeah, I would like a signature required. The other two deliveries, and thank God my neighbors were cool, they threw on the one on the sidewalk that my neighbors picked up and took in, inside their home, and I knocked on the door, and my shit was, like, inside for three days, which I thought was kind of weird. It's like, you can't put a sticky note. Like, hey, we have your shit. I just went knocking on doors. My neighbors, and they were, it was very deliverance country. They opened the door of this couple, and they were like, hi. <laughs> my boxes were right behind the front door. I could see them. I said, oh, hi. They're like, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. I said, oh, my stuff. And they're like, yep. It came a few days ago. We was waiting for you to see if you were going to come and get it. It's like, I, well, I'm not, okay, I thank you so much. What a weird way to meet neighbors. You know, in New York, we would put a sticky note on your door. And then I even, I, but I tried to be cool, and I was like, oh, thank you so much. I said, well, you know, if you guys, do, do you like to drink or what do you like to eat? And we would get you a bottle of wine or a bottle of booze. Like I was going to get them a thank you thing. And again, and not that, oh, because New York, but really that to me is a common sense thing where I'd say, oh, let me, maybe I'll take you guys across the street, buy you a drink. And they were like, oh, no, that's okay. And he goes, yeah, no, she's actually made, got dinner made right now. She's a really good cook. And I was like, all right, well, okay, thank you so much. And they're like, we carried upstairs. She was like, nope, I got it. I'll take it in pieces. So I met my downstairs neighbors who, um, who fucking even knows what they did. I mean, three days, just right by the door. And when they opened it, they were like together next to each other. Like, ha, we've been waiting for you. <laughs> it's real fucking scary. So there's that. And then the other way that FedEx delivered my stuff was suitcases. They just threw into the courtyard. They did not walk upstairs. You have to walk around the building, up a flight of stairs. I actually wrote what it looks like a weird treasure map to an, uh, for an escape room that I taped on my mailbox. I wrote the address and unit number on the mailbox, and then I said, for deliveries, two little asterisks on either side. And it's like a full description, like... 15 paces to the back, up a wooden stair deck. Now there are two doors, and one says unit two, and one says unit three, and the package is to unit three, which is where I live, so make sure you put the package in front of the door that says unit three. These people have a fucking problem delivering shit. They're throwing things in the middle of the street in the courtyard. Very specific instructions, and if you're in St. Louis, I mean, you're a one step closer to rape, uh, murdering me on my stairs, so you are so very welcome. God. So what the fuck was I talking about? Sorry, I'm very distracted. I'm so, because I probably should eat something. See, this is another lesson in eating. The fuck was I talking about? FedEx. So this cunt, see, I need my meditation book. So I'm not all over the place. I need to be focused because that's on living, being mindful. And when you're mindful, you don't lose track of your thoughts so much because you're paying attention to it. Anyway, back to this Bitch at FedEx. It's not even. It's not even her. It's the whole operation. I think. No offense, St. Louis. People are just a little bit, a little bit simpler in the Midwest. And I don't. This should not be. This is not like a problem solving issue. It's a heavy box. First of all, ninety five pounds is not that heavy. That's less than a person. Okay. And they have trucks with dollies and things where they can put a heavy box on a, a thing that you can, like, as a lifting apparatus. They People are getting Peloton bikes delivered 
all over this country and world. So I know it's possible to deliver something that weighs 95 pounds, which is why I was so bewildered on the phone with this chick. And I was like, okay, so I mean, can I pick it up at a warehouse? Can you, or at the warehouse? She goes, well, you can't come to the warehouse, but we can maybe take it to a store. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll go to a local FedEx store and pick it up. That way you don't have to worry about me signing it because there's not a buzzer. So it's difficult for me to hear someone if they were knocking at my door. I really am living in truly, it's a cabin in the woods scenario for sure. So I thought, that's easier. Just drop it off and I'll go pick it up, right? That's the easy thing to do. And she says, okay. And she puts me on hold and she goes back and she goes, ha, well, dang it, we checked. And all the locations around you, those FedEx offices, they don't um, accept packages over 55 pounds. Like they won't hold a package that's over 55 pounds, which again is fucking insane because you are a shipping company. I says, it'd be different if it was like, we, I'm, we ship cotton balls only because f- over 55 pounds of cotton balls, that's a lot of cotton balls. That's a big package of cotton balls. But if you're a regular shipping company, and the other thing she was like, and it's in the biggest box too. It's in the 20 by 20. And it's like, yeah, that's a FedEx box. That's your box. I didn't fucking, she's acting as if I walked in to, it's like, it's like that's your company made that. If it's too big to ship, then maybe that shouldn't be a that shouldn't be a fucking option. She's behaving as if I walked into the FedEx on the Upper East Side with a fucking giant box that I made myself. That I I took all the boxes that I've been collecting over quarantine, all the Amazon deliveries, and I made some weird Franken box. It was bigger than my entire body. And I walked in with an AR-15 and said, hey, you filled this box. I want this box filled and fucking sent, okay? It's like, it's like I didn't, that's not what happened. And that also, that actually, that's, that's how I'm going to start trying to pick up guys here. That's, that's, <laughs> that's how I get packages <laughs> delivered, and that's also how I initiate sex. You, f- you fill this box. You f- whatever you can find, just fill this box. I like to do both. It's like a fun, that's one of those, what can you say during sex and at, and at UPS? And yeah, I, I know the story about FedEx and I said UPS, but that's because I'm plugging UPS because FedEx can not, FedEx can n- never fill my box. FedEx can unpack my box, okay? UPS can fill the shit out of my box all day. So she's, and I'm, so she's acting as if that's the scenario. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I get it. It's a big box and it's heavy, but I brought things into the store and you guys did it. So that, seems to be a moot point. Like, I don't, what are, what's the, I don't understand the problem here. And then she says, yeah, it's just like, mm, I don't know if we can get it to you today. And I said, how long has it been there? She said, well, it's been here for four days. We're trying to figure out how to get it to you, which is wild and a real thing that a real employee at a shipping company said. Again, I cannot stress this enough. It should not be this difficult. My address is on there. It's, and she's acting like, I, I, like I, I, had, I had to come up with ideas. And I'm like, well, maybe I can meet him on the street and unpack it. Or how can, I, how can I help you help me get my shit? It was the most bizarre conversation. And my address is on there. So I don't know. What do you mean you don't know how to get it to me? It's not like I just put it on the street with a $5 bill, you know, like a, like a note in a bottle. Like, oh, I've just crossed my fingers. Like, I hope somebody fucking gets it to the right place. My address is on there. Even the four numbers... After the zip code, because FedEx made the label at FedEx. I didn't, it's not like I hand wrote it. It's not like it's a drawing of like a stick figure of, you know, me in front of a house with a big sun shining. Like, please, please mail this stuff to my new house. It's me and a house and it's, and the, the St. Louis arch in the background. I just drew a picture like, well, I don't know. I hope it gets there. I'll probably, I'll probably figure it out. St. Louis isn't a big city. It's not like, what is it? It's not, it's not Manhattan. They probably figured out. My address is on the box. 
It's literally your fucking job. Oh, it's literally your job. I cannot say this enough. And then, so I, the solution, she's like, well, there's not a buzzer on the door. I said, I know. I, I, bitch, do you don't have to remind me that I'm not in New York City. I know there's not a buzzer on this goddamn door. If somebody wants to pop in and surprise me, they can't. They need to bring a crowbar so they can break in the front door and walk up the stairs and then walk through the entryway door, which has no lock, no safety feature. Or you could climb in the open window. There's a window on the roof with no lock, no screen, and you can just open that and walk right through the door with no lock, okay? Anyway, I don't have to. You, you get the picture. I'm a real murderable chick in this attic apartment. So she goes, there's no buzzer. There's no way to alert you to the fact that we're there. And I'm like, okay, no, I get that. And I said, well, how about if we call? Why don't I give you my phone number? And when the delivery person gets here, they can call me. And then when I get the phone call, I'll go downstairs and I'll do that. That seems like the solution. Like, I have to problem solve for this bitch. And she's the manager of the warehouse. So I said that. And she goes, yeah, quit. Except for we don't usually do phone calls. We don't usually call people. She's like, yeah, that's usually not what we do. We don't usually call people. Um, I mean, I guess I could, but that's not usually what we do. So I was like, okay, great, super. Then fucking do it. Guess what? I don't usually have to harass FedEx for packages to be delivered to my attic apartment in St. Louis. I am usually running a show in Manhattan where I have a lot of people show up and I get to wear wigs and costumes and then I make a lot of money and then I do more shows in other clubs and then I suck some rich guy's dick and I have a super nice apartment, although small. Well, it's not a nice apartment, but it's in a nice neighborhood. You get the idea. It's by the river, okay? That's usually what I do, right? But now I'm in St. Louis trying to help a shipping company figure out how to do their job, which is arguably one of the most simple jobs on the planet. There's not much to it. You get an object from point A to point B, and there are very clear labels. It's not that difficult. And you can call the recipient or email them. It's one of the most, I would say, um, simplistic jobs there are. There's not a lot of complex thought involved, and this thing goes from here to here. Great. I don't, it's not one of those, it's not like, okay, so I have a boat and a fox and a snake and a bag of cheese or whatever those fucking riddles are. And the, the cheese will eat the goat. And so you got to get everything across the boat on this one little river. That's not what this is. This is very simple. It's so simple. I'm sorry. Is that too out of your comfort zone to make a phone call so you can make sure that a package gets delivered? It's like, okay, we're all out of our comfort zone. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, is that going to make you uncomfortable? Is that a little out of your comfort zone to... Make a phone call when you get to the point of delivery just to double check. Hey, can you come and help with this package? It's like, I do it. We're all uncomfortable. This is a weird time. You know, I, you're uncomfortable making a phone call. I'm uncomfortable doing pretty much anything because I got to walk around sober most of the time. And if I do want to have a drink, I have to do it while the sun is still fucking dead in the center of the sky because the city closes down so early. All right. And that, which is, and that's the real tragedy in all of this. It's not, I mean, yes, the world is, is burning. And yes, a lot of people are being displaced and they're homeless. And, and it, a lot of horrific shit is happening. And yes, we're, we're possibly America's running into some kind of a dictatorship, like fascist future. And that's all sad. Okay. I get it. And it's awful. And there's a lot of terrible shit going on in the world. But I think the real tragedy of this is that 
I had to move to a city where if I want to go out and get lit, I got to do it in the daylight. All the shit I used to do under the cover of darkness in corners of seedy bars, I now am expected to do that same shit under a blazing high noon sun, okay? No cocaine, no Adderall. And I'm supposed to get some Midwest sucker to buy me a drink, right? I got to convince someone to buy buy me a big old beer. And maybe if I get lucky, I can get one of these guys to fill up my oversized box. 